Get your horns up. The South Florida Bulls Radio Network pregame show presented by Florida Blue begins now. Let's go! On your 24-7 home for South Florida sports. Bulls Unlimited. Right up the middle into the end zone. Touchdown, South Florida. To get you ready for today's action, here's the voice of the Bulls, Jim Lauk. Good afternoon from sunny and warm Raymond James Stadium today. A great opportunity for this young South Florida team to measure their progress as they face top 10 Alabama. It'll be the first time in a little over 20 years that the Bulls have played Alabama. They've never played them in Tampa. And both teams come in with a one-and-one one mark. Bulls had a good game last week against Florida A&M, picking up a 38-24 win. Texas got the better of Alabama, and now the Crimson Tide trying to avoid losing two games in a row for the first time in more than 15 years. If it's not a capacity crowd today, it sure is going to be close. There'll be 60,000-plus here today to watch the Bulls and the Crimson Tide. We've got all sorts of things coming up for you in the next two hours. Derek Sharp down at the Stampede getting all the interviews from outside of the stadium. We'll visit with Vice President of Athletics Michael Kelly. Of course, the head coach Alex Golish will be here and much, much more between now and kickoff set for 3.30. Let's get started. Here's Jim Lightall. All right, thank you very much, Jim. We are high above the floor of Raymond James Stadium on this Saturday afternoon. As Jim mentioned, a 3.30 kickoff, and it will be warm at kickoff if it's not raining. We'll keep an eye on the weather for you. We'll give you an update on that throughout the course of the afternoon. Feels like temperature right now, 102 degrees. It feels like it even here in the booth. Bulls and Bama, first of three meetings between these two schools. Of course, the game here today at Raymond James Stadium. Then USF will be at Alabama in 2024 and then also 2026. The Bulls got a victory last week right here in this building. They beat Florida A&M and snapped their 11-game losing streak. Next up, they need to snap that streak against top 25 opponents. The Bulls have lost 14 in a row against groups like that. Last win right here in 2016 against number 22 Navy. This will be the sixth top 10 opponent to ever come into Raymond James Stadium. And USF is a very respectable two and three against them all time with wins against number nine Louisville back in 2005. And then of course, the magical night against number five West Virginia back in 2007. Offense, not the problem here. The Bulls have scored 23 or more points in 10 consecutive games when you go back to last year. A lot of this game today is going to hinge on whether or not the Bulls can slow down the Alabama offense because Alabama is big. They are physical, but they're also young. They only have four starters back on offense, five starters back on defense, and they're the youngest team in the SEC coming in this year. They're ranked 10th in the country, as Jim told you. That's 248 straight weeks in the top 25. How about 97% of those weeks they've been in the top 10? You know all about the head coach, Nick Saban, fifth all-time in wins. He's top in active wins. He has seven national championships, including six in Alabama. But guess what? He's got a great big fat bagel here in Raymond James Stadium. He is 0-2 all-time in this building. When we come back, we will have Derek Sharp down in the stampede in the south parking lot. A lot to get to. We'll dive more into the matchups as well. It is USF and Alabama just getting underway. 
This is the pregame show. Well, we must have a big football game because Nick Saban is now on the field. He's kind of doing a half lap around the around the turf with a couple of uh, Alabama state troopers on each side of him. He's in coat and tie, so Bama is in the building. I'll tell you who was uh, outside the building about 15 minutes before we hit the air. Derek Sharp. We're calling this Sharp on the Stampede as the Stampede rolled into the South parking lot, and Derek was there. All right. Coach Golish, although you come from a place where these types of opponents are pretty common, can you still appreciate how much this means to the school? Yeah, it's, it's a really special moment. Uh, it's an opportunity for us to go showcase ourselves in front, of, in front of the country, and we're beyond excited to go do it. As far as your players go, do you have to tell them anything, or do you let their enthusiasm play out? No, just let your opportunity meet your training and go, go do what you've been trained to do. And last thing for you, you got to be excited, right, Coach? I'm excited. It's it's a cool moment for us as a program. Thank you. Good Thank luck. you. Appreciate it. With the family, of course, right there, giving a hug to his kids, Barrett and Corbin. Got to tell you, is that Marcus Norman? Hey, Derek Sharp, good to see you. Real quick, we're on the pregame show. How fired up are you, buddy? Oh, I'm extremely fired up. I can't wait to see these guys play. Did you watch them last week? Oh, look at you. All, all your friends. Does it feel like old home right now? It does feel like old times. All right, go Bulls. Go Bulls. Look at that. Oh, I love you, guys. Marcus Norman, a big-time member of the offensive line, one of the leaders for the team. Also, got to say, the black shirts are something different. Probably the... Mean business look for the Bulls. Wearing the, I gotta say, I gotta steal one of these shirts, not right this second. But the South Florida football with the black base and the gray trim, that is a mean business look. <laughs> Does have some nice shades. A lot of fans here. I'll tell you what, this does not strike me as some sort of David versus Goliath, something that we talked to Coach Golish about. Are you actually not working, Joey? I'm not. Yeah, let's go, Bulls. Let's do this. That's Joey Mitchell, who outside of football sets up every other sport. But on football days, he's a fan, and a lot of fans are here. Not that you'd expect there be a bunch of Alabama fans on the Stampede, but there's like one for every 50 Bulls fans, so we're loving that so far. John Lewis of the Bulls Club. It is a kind of a business-like approach right now which I'm digging. And if this translates onto the field, we could be in for some fun this afternoon. Either way, it's fun being on the stampede. As we get closer to the cheerleaders, there's Mr. Fishman, who is one of the big donors in South Florida history. Just as many people here to give me high fives as the team themselves, or not. A lot of Pride, a lot of enthusiasm, and a lot of cell phones. And as always, once we hit the band, we got cut it off. Back to you, Jim. All right, that's Derek Sharp again. That was right around 1.15 this afternoon when the team rolled into the South parking lot at 6D. They make that march into Raymond James Stadium. And, and Derek has never turned down a high five in his entire life. So if you're here next week, you can throw a high five up there, and Derek will certainly uh, reciprocate that as well. All right. Uh, 
Alabama making a change at quarterback, we found out this week. Um, a lot of people didn't really see this coming. Jalen Monroe, the sophomore, is out. The Notre Dame transfer, Tyler Buckner, is in. We'll see whether or not that makes a difference. Of course, uh, Alabama coming off a loss against Texas. Uh, they weren't overly happy with what Milrow was doing at quarterback. He can really run the ball, but he can't throw it as well. Uh, Buckner got into some... Uh, spot duty at the tail end of their first game against Middle Tennessee State. Didn't see any action in the second game, but he is in. Tommy Reese, by the way, is the new offensive coordinator at Alabama. And Buckner, of course, played for Reese at Notre Dame last year, so he came over with him as well. A couple of nuggets that you might not know about this game today. First of all, Charlie Strong is on Nick Saban's staff. He's an analyst over there, so uh, we'll see him at some point today. Eric Wolford, also the Alabama offensive line coach, was USF's, was on USF's inaugural staff. He was here from 97 until 1999. USF offensive lineman R.J. Perry, cousin of Bama All-American defensive back Kool-Aid McKinstry, and uh, yeah, his real name is Kool-Aid. That's pretty cool. Uh, Jim Lauk mentioned that there's a potential sellout today. It's going to be very, very close. Largest crowd ever for a Bulls game was in 2012, a loss 30-17 to 17 against Florida State. I don't think we're going to get to 69,000 today, but we should be in the low to mid-60s, not temperature-wise. We're talking about attendance-wise. That game in 2003, kind of hard to believe that that was 20 years ago. The Bulls led 17-7 with 92 seconds to go before the half. Well, it started to fall apart from there. They were tied 17-17 at halftime, and then in the second half, the Bulls lost two fumbles. They dropped a pass that resulted in a pick six. They missed a 19-yard field goal. They had eight penalties in the second half alone, including two personal fouls, and they lost 40-17. to Looking for revenge in the second game all-time against Alabama. And we told you that Alabama or Nick Saban is 0-2 all-time in this stadium. Last time they were here was in the 2017 national title game. They lost to Clemson 35-31. I was talking with some of the Alabama coaches, which is there in the booth right next to us. We're always next to the opponent's uh, coaching staff, and they were saying, hey, we're in a much better hotel than we were here for the national championship game. They kind of cheaped out on us for the national title game, but the, they were uh, at a uh, particular hotel starts with a G and also has an H in it right down by the water by the airport and the causeway. I can't say the name of it, though. USF and Alabama coming up at 3.30 this afternoon. When we come back, we'll touch base with Joey Johnson for the first time today. We'll take a look at this week in USF history, and then Derek goes around the horns. Just getting underway. Welcome back to Raymond James Stadium. Jim Lighthall with you on this Saturday afternoon, gloriously cool fall afternoon here at RJS in Tampa. Even the Alabama guys before the game were going, good God, it's hot here. Yeah, it's over 100 degrees, feels like temperature, and we should be around 85, 86, 87 for kickoff time at 3.30 this afternoon. Well, I can vouch for that, by the way, just coming yep. up from down there with the stampede. Uh, again, appreciate Alex Golich right off the team bus. And the second guy he talks to after Jeremy Lees, who, you know, he's like the, the gatekeeper before right. we can get going. And it is just, if I did not know I was coming back up after that segment, I would have quit my job. Also, this segment right here with Joey Johnston is on my meticulous game notes uh, expressly supposed to be taking place on the field, but I am giving Joey a pass because I want him to be alive when he comes on the air when we actually yeah. start the game. The, the, the timing of this may be awkward, but I want to announce I've, I've just taken a position, don't direct your public relations with air conditioning <laughs> that requires me to be upstairs. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Enjoy the game. <laughs> when the schedule comes out, when the TV portion is released, you know, a week ahead of time, Joey looks at it and goes, 3.30. Good God. 
Are you kidding me? I mean, noon is worse. Yeah. Noon is worse. Is it? 3.30 is, is bad. What's your ideal game time Four. for being on the sideline? 4 o'clock next week. Yeah, 7 o'clock. 7? Se yeah, 7, 7.30, yeah. 8. I'm right. good with all that. You'd play a midnight game if you could. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I like. I love night games. I love when the lights are on. Yeah, well, I the do. lights are on, I guess, but, uh, yeah. you know. Uh, hey, Friday night lights. That's what football's supposed to be. Well, good news, Joey. There are tickets remaining for the next four conference home games. One of those will be Rice, 1-800-GO-BULLS, or visit Ticketmaster.com to se secure your tickets. Rice, Florida Atlantic, Temple, and Charlotte all coming up. Uh, Joey, real quick, um, is Alabama coming into a hornet's nest here today? We're talking about 65,000 people more than likely. Yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the big question we all gonna, we're all going to have is what's the composition of the crowd? We don't know how many crimson and how many green and gold. Uh, it'll be loud. There'll be a lot of people screaming and yelling. We just don't know kind of what, what they're going to react to. When Alabama does something good, what's the noise level? That's what we're going to have to gauge early in the game. I guess the question is, can USF counterpunch with this bunch early in the game? Can they keep it up for four quarters against Alabama? Alabama, Alabama obviously very big, very physical. Yeah, realistically, no, not in four quarters, but certainly USF's best chance is, is to strike early. I think the best, the absolute best case scenario would be USF driving down and scoring and Alabama making an early mistake. That would allow USF to get its teeth into this game. You don't want Alabama to get its teeth in the game and start running downhill, which they do very well, and, and you're unable to stop them. So you want to dictate early if you can. The demise of Alabama might be a little premature after losing to Texas. We don't know. Texas could be a playoff team here yes. by the end of the year. <laughs> but a lot of people are saying Alabama's down. But Alabama is young. We do know that. Yeah, it's not. It doesn't appear to be a national championship Alabama team, but it's Alabama. It's a top 25 team. They're full of four and five star players. They're very, very good. And they have the one of the best coaches to ever do it. And Nick Saban, who never loses after losing. He always follows up a loss with a win. So, I mean, it's 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 comical the, the what we've heard this week. But uh, you know, I guess that's to be expected. You know, it's sort of like the NFL where you react to everything and then, and then you win and oh, everything's great. So, uh, you know, Alabama needs to play better, of course. Uh, Alabama fans expect an easy victory, and they won't be pleased with anything less than that for sure. 189 straight when Alabama loses in a regular season game. They turn right around and win again. So it's been that many games in a row since they've lost two straight in the regular season. Hey, real quick, this of all the amazing Alabama stats, this was this blew me away. Of course, they got six national titles in 12 years. Every recruiting class under Nick Saban has won at least one national championship. <laughs> that's, that's insane. That's crazy. That's that is crazy. And uh, yeah, I know a uh, local kid uh, from Robinson Javier Arenas. He signed with, you know, Mike Shula and he was and he inherited two seasons of Nick Saban. He won a national or three seasons of Nick Saban. He won a national championship. So uh, he was the guy that uh, one of the guys that started with. But way back in the day, that was back in 09, the first Nick Saban national title. All right, it's time to take a look back into the third week in September in South Florida Bulls history. What do you got for us? Well, we go back to 2018, and we go back to, of all places, Soldier Field in Chicago, uh, a road game against a Big Ten opponent, Illinois. Uh, Charlie Strong, second year with the program. Uh, the Bulls were coming off a, a home win against Georgia Tech, an ACC opponent. Uh, this game was difficult. Al Illinois pretty much dictated the tempo throughout. Uh, in fact, USF went into the fourth quarter trailing 19-7, to and it was an incredible rally in the fourth quarter by Blake Barnett, who was then the quarterback, and it culminated with a 50-yard touchdown pass from Barnett to Darnell Solomon uh, on third and 20, by the way, with 2.24 to go in the game. Tremendous comeback by the Bulls. 
uh, on that day. And, and hey, you can't disparage a Big Ten win, especially on the heels of an ACC win. That put the Bulls at 3-0, and and it was a, a, a great signature win for Charlie Strong at the time in 2018. If I remember right, Barnett put up some big numbers that day, although there weren't a lot of points scored. And then the other thing was they beat Illinois back-to-back -back games. They beat them here, and then they beat them up there as well. Yeah, they did. Uh, and, and, you know, this is... You know, one of the programs you can look at that, that once uh, won a national title, uh, USF has defeated them. One of one of a dozen, actually, teams that USF can say it beat that uh, won an NCAA-recognized national title. We don't see much of Lovey Smith anymore, but um, he doesn't look the same. <laughs> that, <laughs> that, gray was, beard. that was during it. That was during his beard era, <laughs> and I remember seeing him on the field and shaking hands with him and said, "Wow, that's uh, that's interesting." Uh, you know, he's good-looking guy, and, and I guess he just chose to grow it out, and uh, it was white. Yeah. It certainly was white. It would take me 40 years to grow what he has, that's for sure. Uh, Joey, thank you. We'll check back with you a little bit later on in the pregame show. Time for Derek Sharp around the horns. We go around the horns, let you know what's going on elsewhere in South Florida athletics. Busy time of the year with volleyball and soccer in full swing. Also, cross country had its second meet on Friday. And you've got women's golf starting off its season. That team made the NCAA tournament last year for the first time in more than a decade. They'll start an off an event in Madison, Wisconsin. That's smart scheduling right there. Well, that will be a three-round event beginning on Sunday. This morning, volleyball capped off a great weekend. Last weekend, we told you how they won their first match in a sweep and then came kind of the swing match against the host South Dakota and the Bulls were up 14 to 10 in the fifth set and lost. They would turn around and lose the next match. So they came in to yesterday with a three and five record and lo and behold against a South Carolina upstate team that was just a tick above 500. Here we go again into a fifth set which the Bulls forced after losing a hair raising third set 26 24. They blasted SC upstate 25 12 but into the fifth set and what do you know they're down 13 to 10. This time they came back and won the thing and really worth noting was the fact that Marta Svitkovic who has been their top performer the last three years but had kind of lost playing time in fact hadn't played a full match until recently because of Busse Hazan who has been great. Well Busse in the first set yesterday did not get a kill had four errors so Marta comes in and gets her season high by far. 15 kills, Amanda DeWitt with 20, along with 16 digs for Svitovich. So they had that huge win. Could they follow it up last night against the host, UNF? Answer, they did. After winning the first set, losing the second, they took the third and fourth by identical 25-19 scores. This time, Hazan, again, who kind of got benched in the first match, did get four kills in the fifth set, had 17 to lead the way. DeWitt off a career-high 20, had 15 kills for the Bulls. Marta Svitkovic with 10 more. And by the way, Caroline Dykes, who was a transfer setter from East Tennessee State, became the sole setter in effect this weekend with 49 assists yesterday and 40 in the second match. Then today, you figured they would roll it out against Alabama A&M, which only came in with one win, and you would have figured right as, get this, the final scores, 25-7, 25-15, 25-10. They ended the first set with 10 in a row and started the second set with five in a row, so a 15-point run. They were up 16-2 to two in the third set, and once again, solid performances all up and down the line. That weekend puts the Bulls up 
top of 500 at six and five, and then we'll start off conference play at home against Tulane. That'll be on Wednesday night. We'll have that match for you on Bulls Unlimited. Tomorrow on Bulls Unlimited, the men's soccer team coming off a very exciting, albeit a loss to Clemson, one of the top teams in the country traditionally. That was Tuesday, three to two. We'll play Elon, so that'll be tomorrow night at seven o'clock. And the women's soccer team began its conference schedule in Temple, in Philly, against Temple on Thursday night, scored two goals in the first 10 minutes on a great shot by Gentiana Fetor that was rebounded in by Anna Suter for her fifth goal. And then uh, Vivian Bissett, their outstanding defensive player, came up and rocked in a free kick. They gave up a PK late, but still won two to one. So they are at home this Thursday against Charlotte. If you don't know about Bulls Unlimited, oh yeah, we don't just do football in the first hour of the pregame exclusively. We will have men's soccer tomorrow, volleyball on Wednesday, and women's soccer on Thursday, along with all the football coverage we give you. And we'll give you some clips. Heard that, some of the good sound bites throughout the course of the week. A lot of it about this week's game. But one thing about last week's game that you know, somewhat got to me, and I'm sure a lot of Bulls fans, and you'll be glad to know the head coach as well. There were several penalties, not just holding and that kind of thing, but some after the play stuff. So as we begin our clips, I wanted to go ahead and let everybody know that Alex Golish is uh, not gonna stand for that. Some of the stuff I was disappointed in, the penalties, so even some of the celebration stuff, the get, get an interception and we're running over to, to a student section like, I thought that stuff was really immature and not what I had expected. I thought the week before we handled that stuff a lot better. So that, the, the pieces I was really disappointed in, um, you know, I talked about laying a foundation. That's what we're doing um, in terms of laying a foundation for what this program is, is and what it's going to be. There were some of those things that I thought were, were honestly uh, embarrassing and ridiculous. So I addressed it with the team yesterday. We turned the page. Something that's probably good to know as emotions are going to be riding high today. Now, one other thing when it came to Coach Golish, with his press conference on Tuesday, he knew what questions were coming. You know, big underdog, this, that, and the other. Didn't really want to go into it. And when asked specifically, hey, do the Bulls maybe have to look at an Alabama team that's really going to be upset. Yeah, I got no idea on that. Uh, Texas is really good on film. I was really impressed by what they look like, what, what they built. Alabama's Alabama, right? They've won six national titles in 15 years, 16 years. Those guys know how to win. They know how to work. They got good football coaches. They got really good players. Like, man, we got to go strap up and line up against another man and go at it for three and a half hours, one-on-one, -on -one, and whack heads. That's what it is. You gotta scheme the right way. You gotta execute the right way. We gotta protect the quarterback. We gotta tackle in space. Like, it's no different, no matter who you're playing. And that's why I'm not like a giant fan of like all the David Goliath. Like, it's another squad that you get to go in and it's another test for us as we lay the foundation for what we're doing. If you listened to our show or watched it on YouTube, Bullseye with head coach Alex Golish, he eventually did sort of get into what Tennessee did last year to beat Alabama, acknowledged that it was a big deal at the time. But he and everybody that you talk to, players, assistant coaches with the staff, made sure to go down the line of, this is just another game. Finally, with receiver Naeem Simmons, who had the big touchdown to put it away against Florida A&M last week, were able to get him to say, not him anyway, but his dad knows it's a big game. I looked at Wagner's schedule the last couple of years. You guys did go to some places like Syracuse, like Rutgers, like the Eagles Stadium. Yeah. Uh, but this is Alabama. You didn't play them. How 
much does it mean, not just to you, I'm sure you're excited, but the whole team. Give us the vibe. Um, honestly, we just look at them as another team. You know, uh, so when they come in here, we're going to play them like we played every other team. We're going to have the same intent. Well, one thing that won't be like any other team is the crowd yeah. at Raymond James Stadium. It's probably going to be as big. If it's not an actual sellout, it's going to feel like one. Mm -hmm. So that's something I'm sure you guys are looking forward to. Yeah, yeah. I know for me personally, <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I've never had that many people. And your family too, maybe? Yeah, my, my parents are coming down here. They're super excited, especially my dad. Mm -hmm. He's uh, had this circled on his schedule. I keep trying to tell him. <laughs> One week at a time, like, you need to work on like this week. But he likes yeah. to jump forward, like, oh, you, you know, so. Uh, All right, so, Dad, you're allowed to have it not say any other team on your calendar, but uh, it's Alabama. <laughs> Hopefully you are tuned in to Bullseye every Thursday at 7 a.m. It hits for the first time on Bulls Unlimited. If you miss it, plenty of replays. And Actually, it is kind of our pre-pre-game show here on Bulls Unlimited. Wanted to play one other bit of audio, and we hope it's the same result. Speaking of Tennessee beating Alabama last year, this is actually from a few weeks back when R.J. Perry, who is going to be moving to guard today for the Bulls, was speaking about winning against Alabama and his cousin, Kool-Aid McKinstry, who is going to be a high draft pick as a cornerback. And why did he get the Kool-Aid name? Because he always had that smile. Hopefully... He will not be smiling so much after the game today. Same thing as last year. It was uh, played against my cousin. Really? Yes, sir. Uh, Kool-Aid McKinstry, uh, cornerback. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did have bragging rights. They will be on the field at the same time. And, and we actually talked to RJ about that whole situation. What an engaging guy. And he said, yeah, he didn't have the Kool-Aid smile. Uh, but we'll see how it goes today. Coming up next here on the pregame show, our number one heard exclusively to Bulls Unlimited. I'm a little upset with myself. It took into year six with Sam Barrington to create a su subject in a segment titled called Dropping names and knowledge because that's kind of what Sam does. Welcome back to Raymond James Stadium on this Saturday afternoon. Jim Lighthall with you. South Florida and Alabama coming up at 3.30 this afternoon. Coming up in just a moment, we will hear from Jalen Schuler, the senior linebacker out of South Carolina. He's our player profile. Time now, though, to catch up with Sam Barrington for the first time on the broadcast. Sam, good to see you again. Uh, bump Bumped into Sam earlier this week, second time this week. A real treat for me to see Sam. But, uh, boy, you kind of bounced into the booth today. Sam, all excited about this game today. Why wouldn't you be? What an opportunity for the South Florida Bulls to take on the 10th-ranked team in the country. Yes, yeah, a special opportunity. <laughs> I just can't help but think back to my playing days, right, when we had Cincinnati, who was ranked, I believe, maybe number 16. They came here on a Thursday night, and we didn't come out of that game unsuccessful. But... You line up against these guys, and sure, they have the history, and you know they have the accomplishments, they have the rings, they have the trophies. But once you get inside these sidelines, it's guy against guy, and I think it's a phenomenal opportunity for many people. Right? You look at the university as a whole, you get the exposure. Shout out to Michael Kelly for getting this game on the schedule. It seems like when they first announced it, it was so long ago, and now we're here. Um, that means you're getting old. That's um, true. That's, <laughs> that's true. Right? But with that being said, um, shout out to Michael Kelly getting these guys here in Raymond James and getting this type of uh, game on the schedule. And you talk about for the players, you ball against Bama, now you're on the national scene. Now you're going viral on tweet for getting an interception or getting a sack. And so you want to put some special plays um, on, on your resume today against these guys because that's what playing against a contender like Alabama is all about. 
And, and Sam, you've played in big stadiums with big crowds. A lot of those were on the road, though, where it's different, where you're trying to silence that bunch. How different is it to play in front of a big crowd at home and feed off that energy? Well, I was walking in, so when, as I walked in, um, you saw you saw a lot of that uh, red out there, right? So that means Bama they travel pretty they travel pretty well, and I'm not saying that their noise is going to overwhelm these great Bulls fans of, uh, of ours, but it's going to be loud irregardless today. And so it's the noise one thing you got to fight through the noise, but you got to make sure you stay composed and comfortable because I know these guys are excited. You know, <laughs> you got Nick Saban coming in Raymond James on a Saturday afternoon, so I know these guys are excited. But beyond anything, it's just a great opportunity. And, and if they ain't excited, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna go down to the field and take some excitement out of myself and give it to these guys because it's a special day. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Sam, former linebacker here at USF, will have the call of this game along with Jim Lau coming up at 3:30 this afternoon. Thank you, Sam. You guys can sponsor United States service members to attend our November 11th Salute to Service game. Packages start at $125. That includes four tickets for you a USA Bulls U hat, and you can provide an experience for our service men and women to come see the Bulls. For more information, call 1-800-GO-BULLS. Ask about seats for service. 91 degrees right now. Feels like 104. That will drop to 89 and 98 at the 3.30 kickoff. And should be about a 25, 30% rain chance throughout the course of the game, which is significantly less than when all of us woke up today. So we might get through this thing unscathed. We'll see. It is a very, very light one mile an hour breeze. I think Joey sneezed more than one mile an hour earlier in the pregame show. So we thank Joey for cooling us off up here in the press box. All right, time now for our player profile. Mentioned Jalen Schuler, the senior linebacker out of South Carolina. Let's meet him. Jalen playing the University of Alabama. It's an opportunity not a lot of players get. What's going through your mind as you prepare for this game, and what do you think the mood of the team is? I think the overall mood for the team is uh, we're excited, you know, because like you said, everybody don't get this opportunity. Some people um, don't accept the opportunity, but um, yeah, we're all excited. And um, the preparation part of it, we're just making sure we stick to our process, making sure we're doing everything that we can the right way, just um, getting ready and taking it like another game. It's all, it's all good. We're excited. What is the key to success today against a team like Alabama? Uh, it started up front on both sides. Um, you know, they, uh, big SEC dudes, but uh, we got pretty uh, big physical dudes up front, both sides, offense and defense. So uh, uh, I feel like the winner of this game will be determined on uh, who plays better up front. So the coaches talk a lot about last year. Uh, you, you didn't play that much. You were just getting oriented to USF, uh, didn't have a lot of snaps overall, and, and this year, you're one of the leaders of the team. What was what was last year like? Did was it hard adjusting to USF? It, it wasn't really adjusting to USF itself. It was just uh, uh, coming from high school to JUCO to you know actual Division One FBS ball. This uh, it all gets a little faster as you progress through you know the level of sport that you playing. You know went through a little injury and stuff. Just just kind of just wasn't the year just didn't turn out how I expected. But uh, hit my confidence level. You know. Um, because, you know, coming in, I expected to play a little more than I did. But um, I did help the team on special teams and, you know, stuff like that, which was um, not really what I was expecting. But um, I was happy that I could still help the team. And um, as far as this year, still happy I can help the team, still try to help the team in any way I can, special teams, however they need me. Um, it just so happened that, you know, <laughs> we played a little more snaps on defense too. So um, when you go into the off season, you want to change, I'm sure, and you get a new coaching staff. So what kind of – 
mentality with all the new changes and your determination to play more? What happened there to kind of get you going in the right direction? I just knew um, off rip that everybody was going to have a clean slate because, like you said, new coaching staff, um, new team pretty much um, proved myself again pretty much because um, I was actually a two last year. Just um, restate who I am as a person, restate who I am as a teammate, as a player. Um, and, I, you know, I think I did a pretty good job doing that coming out. So today's game, we'll have a sellout crowd at Raymond James Stadium, Alabama. Everybody knows Alabama. You came up through JUCO. Right. That's a long way from JUCO. <laughs> does, yeah. does JUCO seem like a million miles away right now when you think about you're playing Alabama in a sold-out crowd? A million. Uh, exactly. It might be 600-something tick Kansas, but, yeah. Um, that, is, that is complete opposite. You know, night and day, it might have been... If you were lucky, you might have 500 people at a game, and like you said, that's I'm I'm no mathematician, but you know that's over. Right. I don't know, but I'm excited though, because um, like you said, people people dream of opportunities like this. Like when you think of playing football growing up, this is the type of games that you know you you think of, you dream of, and gets a good team like Alabama with um the high status that they have and all. Uh, I'm just excited, man. And and last question, you, you know, you, you you went the JUCO route. Uh, Probably had to humble yourself a little bit. Do you oh, yeah. do you think that helped make you who you are right now? That you kind of you kind of had to work for this to get to where you are now. A hundred percent. It was real eye opening because um, out of high school, you know, I had a couple couple you know schools and you know for whatever reason didn't didn't go where I wanted. And going to JUCO, meeting a whole bunch of like minded people, you know, just just trying to get it out the mud, if you would, you know what I'm saying? But but yeah, it's definitely a humbling experience and it shaped me and molded me into the person I am. You can pretty sure you can ask anybody and they tell you I'm pretty I'm a pretty you know humbled um, person. It's USF linebacker Jalen Schuler. Good luck today. Thank you. A little bit more than an hour away from kickoff between the South Florida Bulls and the 10th ranked Alabama Crimson Tide. Second meeting all time. Two more meetings coming up in 2024 and 2026. Those will both be in Alabama, by the way. Uh, in case you're wondering about uniforms today, the Bulls will be in their home green with gold helmets and gold pants. Alabama really pulling on all the stops today. They go white on white with the red helmets. That's what they wear every <laughs> single time. It's like not, not, not a big deal. So uh, time to get crazy, at, uh, which we will do now. Uh, what we do is we have crazy predictions. They're pretty off the wall. They're sometimes beyond crazy. They're unattainable sometimes. But also but in other times, uh, guys like, I don't know, Sam and Joey randomly, two names that come to mind, just kind of hedge their, their bets a little bit, and they're not entirely crazy. They're, they're very generic and attainable if you just get very, very loose with your definition. Like, for Sam, example, I think Joey's first was, I, I think a bull is going to do good today. And I think, you know, that's not <laughs> how you should go with it. Is that what your first uh, prediction was, Joey? What I, was it again? I think it was. I'm risk averse. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like I'm playing the market. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll give you a first shot today, Joey, since you have a win already this well, year. Well, as the leader in the clubhouse, uh, yes, I will start. And my prediction is I believe there will be a combined 1,000 to 1,200 yards of offense today on the field. I will not say who has the more yardage, but I see a lot of yardage up and down, a big scoring uh, yardage gaining kind of game, not a defensive game. 
So you said a thousand to twelve hundred. Yes. Could you give us a little like a, a, let's you know the price is right the range game. Oh. Let's yes. try and get it within fifty. Within like, fifty. What's the number that either side of fifty? Uh, okay, I'll cut my difference. Okay. Eleven hundred. Eleven hundred. That was a big price is right range. Yeah, eleven hundred or more. If he gets it within fifty, does he win both showcases though? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yes. Depends on how all, yeah, uh, all of our yeah, other like, ones are. That's yeah. true. Yeah, I'd like the saran wrap, the can of beans, <laughs> and the car, please. <laughs> <laughs> Always pass on the first showcase. That was my rule. Always it's like washers and dryers. Second one's a trip. Uh, Sam, speaking of trips, you're up next. <laughs> you are a trip. You, uh, you want to explain that one to me? I love it. I love it. <laughs> we'll talk later. Right? Okay. Hey, but. Uh, Never make the linebacker mad. <laughs> I'm a former linebacker. I don't have that stuff in me anymore, man. Uh, I like USF's defense to have three turnovers. Whoa. Um, okay. Bama is doing some kind of musical chairs at quarterback. I think we're going to see both of those guys today, but I'm really going with three turnovers because when USF is playing its best football, which I believe they'll come out here and do today, the defense is on fire. And I like the defensive line to get out of this quarterback. Don't get me wrong. I understand the uh, disparity of size in the trenches. I know that's a thing, but I still like these guys to get out to the quarterback. And I think two guys are going to have interceptions on the back end. I really see that happening. I'll check back in with you next week and on if I was right or wrong. We'll see. Five turnovers last week. They get the ball rolling. I, I, I like this prediction. It's not outlandish is what I'm getting at. They can take three balls away from Alabama today, Derek. And it's, and it's substantial. I mean, you know, this Alabama team did not Middle Tennessee State did not turn them over in that first game. We're all talking about how they lost to Texas, but you can kind of slip over the fact that Middle Tennessee is the respectable team, but they beat 56-7, to and they did not turn it over in that game. I am going to say this. Now, I'm not – don't have any inside info here. We'll preface it that way, but I have a feeling that they're not going to try and trick Alabama all day long, but they're going to try and trick them a couple times. Okay. So I'm going to say a lot of screen passes take advantage of – and Alabama team is being very aggressive. So it's kind of a two-fold prediction, and I've got to be right on both of them. This yes, is that's not true. Like one or the no, other. That's right. This has got to be right on both. A screen pass is going to hit for at least 30 yards, which is never a guarantee. Okay, that's the more conservative. The other one is the Bulls will score on a trick play. It's a flea flicker. That's that kind of thing. They did show us the double pass last week. So I think screen pass going to hit big, at least 30 yards, and twofold they will score a touchdown on a trick play talking about the Bulls. I, I love the prediction I love when people double up which is why I'm doubling up I, I'm same way as you I, I'm gonna go with a double today Alabama is gonna grind it out I think we all know that and I think the Bulls are gonna move the ball and they're gonna move it quickly so Texas had 23 first downs last week against Alabama give me USF with 24 I think they'll get one more than Texas had last week here's the other thing that's a ton Alabama's time of possession today is going to be over 35 minutes, which puts the Bulls under 25 minutes in time of possession. But again, Unless the game goes overtime, but continue. Well, yeah, I think the Bulls win a regulation. But gotcha. again, I think this is going to be a grinded out group by Alabama, moving the ball a lot between the 20s. Meanwhile, USF widens the field a little bit, spreads it out, tries to take advantage of the lack of size, I mean, I think this can be done. I think that you don't want the game in the trenches. You want it played on the perimeter against Alabama. So they're going to spread it out, a lot of uh, trick plays, a lot of screens, a lot of that sort of thing, and then the Bulls end up 
pulling away in this thing. Speaking of the perimeter, I'd love to see the third level getting filled up uh, here. Yeah, I haven't on. seen some bodies up there in a while. Uh, by the way, today's game against Alabama, presented by Florida Blue. They are your local Blue Cross Blue Shield provider and the exclusive health insurance provider of the South Florida Bulls. But we've got a whole nother hour of pregame to get to. It's USF and the Alabama Crimson Tide. It is filling up. They are pouring in from the parking lot here at Raymond James Stadium. Stick around. Network joins us coming up for another hour right here on Bulls Unlimited. It doesn't happen very often. Alabama on the road for a non-conference football game. But it's happening today, and the opponent is the Bulls. The first Alabama-South Florida matchup in more than 20 years. Alabama certainly excited to play at home on Saturday on a big stage against a, a good opponent. You know what you're getting. What makes a program really good is the consistency of scheme, consistency of expectations. And then obviously as you win, that's contagious and helps recruiting and, and all those things. So it's a program. Bulls head coach Alex Golish knows all about the Crimson Tide, having faced them three years in a row. He holds a win over Alabama as a coordinator with Tennessee, and he knows what an opportunity this is for his Bulls today. It's another measuring stick for us. Where do we measure up there? So, like, man, we got to go strap up and line up against another man and go at it for three and a half hours, one-on-one, -on -one, and whack heads. The most veteran of Bulls players, Donovan Jennings, has seen them all in his career. Notre Dame, Wisconsin, Florida, all great experiences, but he's expecting today's game against Alabama to be something extra special. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, you know, you can definitely feel the, um, the buzz because, you know, it's pretty rare that, you know, a team like this comes and plays in your home stadium. But um, yeah, you know, we're just ready. The Bulls are fresh off a win over Florida A&M. Alabama is in the unusual position of trying to avoid a two-game losing streak after falling to Texas last week. It'll be a packed house at Raymond James Stadium as the upset-minded Bulls take on top 10 Alabama. South Florida and the Crimson Tide next. This is the South Florida Bulls Radio Network pregame show. Presented by Florida Blue. Rolling to the right. Keeps it, runs it. He's got the first down and more. Breaks the tackle. He's going all the way. Touchdown, South Florida. We're 60 minutes from kickoff. To get you ready for today's action, you'll hear from former Bulls linebacker Sam Barrington, Vice President of Athletics Michael Kelly, Offensive and Defensive Coordinators Joel Gordon and Todd Orlando. We'll tell you how the Bulls can make victory possible with USF Health. And, of course, get the final pregame thoughts from head coach Alex Golish. Back of the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. Bulls take the lead. To kick things off, here's the voice of the Bulls, Jim Lauk on 102.5 The Bulls. Overcast skies, warm temperatures at Raymond James Stadium as we get set for the Bulls and the Alabama Crimson Tide. First time these two teams have met since almost exactly 20 years ago. Legion Field, Birmingham in the first game of the 2003 season. Bulls held with Alabama for a long time on that day before falling 40 to 17. Today, both teams come in one and one as the Bulls try to pull the upset over a top 10 team. 
Sam Barrington with us. Sam, you played in a few of these games for South Florida, a hallmark of this Bulls football program in the early years was winning games that people didn't give them a chance in. This is probably one of those types of games today. It represents a great opportunity, man. If you want to show people you're on your way back, here's a chance to do it. Well, Jim, I can't help but agree with you. Um, but you talk about the, the the makeup of some of those games, right? We were on the road against Clemson. We were on the road against Notre Dame. We were on the road against uh, Florida State. And we came up victorious in all three of those bouts. Um, we were on the road against Florida. Any of the teams that came in here ranked, they earned it, and they were already in our conference. So that was the big difference when you talk about a big team or a team that has a good name coming in. But this is a testament right to the work of the leaders at our university and the work that Michael Kelly has done to make sure we get these games on the stadium. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry on, on the schedule. In addition to that, it's a phenomenal opportunity. Like you said, Jim, if you're on your way back, you put the whole country on notice by playing well in this game. That goes for Coach Golish. That goes for the individual players. And then obviously as a university as well, this type of game also really helps with recruiting uh, recruits who are coming here to Raymond James to watch the Bulls play. They're starting to foul in now it's a really special thing I, I think the last thing I say is I'll tell you what during my time in the NFL when it was time for me to line up against a guy I didn't look on the schedule to say hey let me see what school he went to so I can decide how I feel about playing him today at the end of the day it was good on good and today if these guys just have that mentality where it's like I'm gonna beat the man in front of me uh, you're gonna see good results today as a bull fan more than 60,000 fans will be here to watch it. We've got a busy hour coming up leading off to kickoff at 3.30 today. The Bulls and Alabama. Welcome back inside Raymond James Stadium. Jim Lighthold, Derek Sharp with you. 3.30 kickoff today between the USF Bulls and number 10 Alabama. Boy, this place is starting to fill up. A lot of bodies in the upper tank here at RJS and time now for our Florida Lottery game outlook. Derek, we take a look at the X's and O's between these two teams and I guess we'll start with the stunning news coming out of Alabama earlier this week when they made a change at quarterback. And it can't be all that shocking because we don't care that Alabama lost to Texas, but Crimson Tide fans do. Yeah. And something probably had to change and there was the really the key sequence in that game. Alabama was never in control, but always ahead by a score. And then when Texas got it to within four, next play, here comes the turnover, Milrow. And then the very next play after that, Texas takes the lead. So it was not just a turnover that they overcame. It was one that really cost them. And there is a connection between their today quarterback, and Sam said that he thinks there's a possibility that we could see both. But Tyler Buckner played with the new tied offensive coordinator, Tommy Reese, at Notre Dame. So there's a bit of a connection there. Yeah, their offense coming into the season was kind of a question mark. They don't have the marquee player that they've had in years past, a Heisman Trophy candidate per se, whether that's at running back, a receiver, or at quarterback. They only ran the ball for 107 yards against Texas, just about three yards per carry. They did convert 30% of their third downs. For USF, you know, all the talk for the Bulls this year has been centered on the offense. Alex Golish with Tennessee last year beats Alabama, scores 52 points against them. The Bulls have been dynamic on the ground game this year, averaging 324 per game. That's in the top 15 in the country. I guess the question becomes, Derek, with that huge Alabama defensive line, can they do that again today? Well, most of their runs are 
in the counter realm and trying to get a little bit of an edge, but essentially to trust your tackles with their offensive line a little bit on the underperforming side and also on the dinged up side. Yeah. I think if you're going to run the ball, you're going to have to go try and just mix up your your looks at least maybe more pitches than we've seen and certainly one thing that i've noticed about the rpo plays that are drawn up for byron brown it seems like more often than not they're there for him and you, you know you, you got to make that read instantly obviously it's going to be coming in faster at you today but i think he's going to have more design runs for himself today He's got four rushing touchdowns already this season. That is fourth in the NCAA. Keep in mind the Alabama defense has held 18 of their last 30 opponents under 100 yards rushing. We're not talking about a running back. We're talking about the entire team. So the Bulls will have their work cut out for them if they're going to run the football. Then again, the Bulls' rush defense has been very good this year. It really has. And Western, you got to take the opponent into account in the first case anyway with Western Kentucky. They were never really going to try and establish it. But that's what FAMU wanted to do last week. And uh, linebackers have been great for the Bulls. I know you love Gordon. So do I. Schuler as well. Um, but this is going to be a, a stiffer test. I think the safety is going to have to come up and really be more involved this week. I do think that Alabama is certainly going to try and establish that and uh, have a game plan where if it goes their way, they, they don't have to throw the ball more than 20 times. Couple of intangibles for this matchup this afternoon. Penalties have been a problem for the Bulls. They're last in the country, averaging 12 and a half per game. They're second to last in yardage at 107. You must clean that up because Alabama's not going to, they're not going to beat themselves and you can't beat yourself. And a lot of them, or not a lot of them, it's been equally distributed, unfortunately, but a lot of them were post-play things. And in a game like today, where you're going to have an ineffective, if not actual sellout, emotions can even become more involved so you've got to keep your cat head and your cool as much as possible on a day like today how about this under nick saban alabama has scored 90 nine zero 90 non-offensive touchdowns in his tenure they had four last year they had 15 in 2016 they don't have to have the football to get into the end zone and that's one of the th those things that it's good to know beforehand because you know you go back after a game sometime and you allow well if that didn't happen well you can kind of expect those yeah. things to happen for Alabama and they got a good punt returner that might supply one of those non-offensive TDs. You can follow the South Florida Radio Network on Twitter. Search at Bulls Unlimited to follow. Thank you, Derek. As we do uh, dove into the Florida Lottery game outlook, as we continue on in the pregame show, time now to hear from offensive coordinator Joel Gordon. Coach, I know that you come from a conference where there's big games pretty much every week, and the mantra we've heard this week is just another game. But can you impart some of what you learned as far as maybe to your players about how to handle a bigger scene like this? Yeah, you, you know, you hope what you've been preaching for the last eight, nine months since we've been here, you know, in terms of their process and our culture and how we do everything is – you want that to look the right way every single day, whether it's practice, you know, whether it's um, out, out of season, in season, you know, you're playing a football game against FAMU or you're playing a football game against Alabama. And I think, you know, I, I think as a player, you know, you, you realize that, you know, some of the weeks, you know, feel a little bit different. And I think this is probably one of those weeks that, that would definitely feel a little bit different in some ways. But it's almost like a wake-up call that, you know, hey, if I haven't been in this mindset all the time, then, you know, this is a little bit of a wake-up call that this is where I need to be 
all the time, you know, because it, obviously it's going to take, you know, our best effort and everything that we do, you know, to go out there and play this game this week. Bulls fans haven't always seen the stadium like it's going to be packed today. And I know, again, Big 12 most recently for you, I'm guessing Texas. But what was the craziest environment as an opponent to play in? Uh, yeah, Texas, Oklahoma, you know, it was uh, the Big 12 had really good fans. And, you know, there, there's it was a pretty deep conference from top to bottom. So it was it was pretty consistent week to week, you know, that you were going to play in some pretty rowdy stadiums. But, uh you know, yeah, I would say those two, you know, Texas and Oklahoma, probably, you know, the biggest, you know, in the conference and obviously have a, a high standard and you're getting a good product on the football field and the environment is what you dream about as a player. You know, that's that's why you play college football, you know, get to that point and, and to be on those stages. So I'm excited for our guys to have that opportunity today. One guy that seems unflappable is your quarterback. And do you have to tell him anything special for this week or just kind of let him be himself, his impressive young self? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's going to have to go be himself exactly that, you know. And he can't treat this one, you know, any different than he did a week ago. You know, it's about understanding what your job is and leading the offense and taking care of the football. And, you know, when he does that, he did a great job of that a week ago and just letting the game come to him. And, you know, he he has a way of stepping up and making plays when he's asked to do that. And, you know, I, I would expect that he's going to do that again today. As far as the offense goes, the receivers, it seemed like you had a, a, a new group out there because you had some guys appearing for the first time. And you can speak to them and what they can do when they're fully healthy. With talking about Yusuf and Michael. But uh, what Sean Atkins did was pretty special as well. And we got to see Naeem shine. So when your group is all together, making one-handed catches and double passes or not, it's pretty impressive. Absolutely. Absolutely. We have a, a group of guys that, you know, we, we've talked about it before. There, there's been some guys that have been banged up that have really made it a challenge, you know, through training camp and even spring football for all those guys to be on the field at the same time with our quarterbacks and just to get that chemistry. And to, to be able to have Michael and Yusuf, you know, get back to a point where they're healthy and competitive and can help us on the football field, like we're going to need those guys for sure. And we're going to need that whole group to continue to, to grow and get better every single week. But, you know, you talk about Sean and, you know, Sean – Man, he's a he's a gamer. You know, he he has a and not just a gamer, but he, he's been doing the same thing in practice. So it's not surprising to see him, you know, get out there and you know the scramble drill starts to happen and he's making big plays and what a throw, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know the first the the one and only ball that he throws all day long is right on the money, like you couldn't throw it any better. So you know that's a man of credit to him. We're we're glad that he's on our side for sure. And one play he made also, and I want to take this into the question on receivers blocking and the importance of it, was on the Byram touchdown run. Actually, he almost ran a screen and he held off, or maybe it would have been a block in the back. How much do you teach the receivers that part of the game? Every day. Every day. You know, we, we, we preach scramble drill every single day of practice, however it can manifest itself. We're coaching it. And those guys, you know, our, our quarterbacks understand that that's a huge part of the game. It's really hard on defenses to cover. For, for the amount of time that a scramble you know can take can take place for so we preach it a ton um, the the block man great job playing legal you know and just the awareness of what's going on and 
making a smart play. You know, you, you've seen that go the other direction so many times as a player and a coach. And man, what what a great job by him. And then last thing, speaking of being aware of what's going on on the other side, it's a it's a just massive group you're going up against. Uh, you always preach, and I agree. Think about yourselves and how you execute. Do you have to, without giving it away, alter the game plan somewhat considering the opponent this week or just go with what you got? Yeah, I mean, it gets it gets altered in, in terms of, you know, what they – what they do schematically and some of the things that, you know, they make it hard on you to do that maybe you do all the time, you know, and maybe you gotta you gotta tinker around with, with some things. But for the most part, you know, we're gonna we're gonna be who we are and we're gonna figure out how to do that in our way that, that fits their scheme. But obviously it's a great challenge for us, you know, as players and coaches and we're excited about it. So are we. Thanks a lot, Coach. Absolutely, thank you. So that was Derek Sharp along with offensive coordinator Joel Gordon. It's USF and the Alabama Crimson Tide. When we come back, Jim Locke will sit down with Vice President of Athletics Michael Kelly. That's next on the South Florida Bulls Radio Network. The place is filling up. Going to be a great crowd. Bulls in Alabama, 3.30 Eastern time for kickoff. Vice President of Athletics Michael Kelly joins us from the field where there is a throng of people down there. A lot going on. Michael, you know I'm a team guy, and I have been instructed by my colleagues here to begin this interview asking you about the mechanical bull ride earlier today. Tell us everything. Well, we had a great student tailgate out there, and we had a mechanical bull, and I was challenged by, uh, by our point guard, Maria Alvarez, to another contest, and uh, I think I emerged successfully, so it was good to battle up against uh, Michael Bourne and, and, uh, and uh, Maria Alvarez and others, so it was, it was fun. Great atmosphere out there for the students, a great crowd. We're going to have a great student crowd, over 10,000 of playing tickets. And, yeah, it's definitely part of the fun as this entire stadium is going to be filled. This matchup was announced in 2019, which feels like a long time ago, but here we are playing the game today. And I'm not sure even college football fans know what a rarity this is. Non-conference road games, Alabama just doesn't do these. How did this matchup come about, and how does it fit your scheduling philosophy for the South Florida program? Yeah, this is really special. Obviously, we're very grateful that we were able to work a deal with Alabama to be here. Um, what we had a chance to do is they used to play um, in classic games, and they like to play somewhere. They play seven home games. And once they kind of moved away from playing in Atlanta or, or Dallas or whatever they used to do in the preseason opener, this happened to be the first year that was wide open. When I realized that, looking at their schedule, I talked to Greg Byrne. We were able to work something out. That's where we had a two-for-one. And the secret for us is that, obviously, we want to play big games. This is huge for our players, huge for our coaches. Obviously, our fans want to play games like this. And it's great for our strength of schedule when you start comparing it with the college football playoff stuff. So, but bottom line is, as long as we were able to get this, I don't mind doing two for ones with a team as notorious as, as Alabama, as long as we can get the first game here in case they ever cancel that game. So having them here in Tampa first was really good. And it's a, I truly think it's a win-win. And obviously our the atmosphere here already 47 minutes before the game is already electric. Well, it's such an opportunity to show the entire nation the direction South Florida football is going in. You've got a great crowd. You've got a great facility. You've got on-campus building going on with the IPF and the stadium plans. And people are going to get an understanding about that as they tune in on national television today. 
Well, you nailed it, Jim. Obviously, our fans know what we're doing and the things we're doing here to build something very special, but we've got a great uh, ABC national TV audience. We've got Bob Shoes and Robert RG3 here that we were able to tell our whole story to yesterday to help tell the nation. Uh, at minimum, I think there'll be at least 3 million people watching this game, maybe as much as 5 or 6 or 7 million people. We've got a fat, packed house, so what a great opportunity for our young men to go out and play, play loose, give it all they got, and see what happens. Kickoff, by the way, today is now set for 341, Bulls fans. 341 will be the kickoff today, and that's good. little extra tailgating time, and they're going to need it, Michael. Just getting into the building was a lot of fun today. Everybody you know and a lot of people you haven't met yet are out there in the tailgate lots. It's very spirited out there. I just came in from uh, Mike Kelly's pub they have out in Lot 5. That's always a great stop for me to go to. I appreciate their hospitality but everybody's in great spirits. They know what a big deal this is for USF. The Alabama fans obviously love a chance to come to a great city like Tampa, have a great weekend. And uh, again, this is what college football is about, a wonderful day, uh, tailgating, fellowship, and, and ultimately football. Hey, we do want to get around the department a little bit and talk about a couple things. Let's start with volleyball. How about four in a row for the Bulls? They racked up another win earlier today against Alabama A&M. Yeah, really pleased that we were able to get a sweep up there at the UNF uh, Invitational. Uh, gives us a winning record in non-conference play, which I don't think we've done in quite some time. Gives us great momentum heading into the conference opener this Wednesday against uh, Tulane. So uh, really proud of Jolene and the girls and, and uh, you know, really a fun team to watch. We're and one we of the few teams to take, Al uh, take Florida when we took them to five sets and shows what we're capable of. And now they've done it, had a really nice non-conference slate. And we do want to put in one more word for basketball season tickets. The men's team with a brand new head coach, the women's team with a powerful lineup coming back, will be at Yingling Center before we know it. Yeah, the games are coming up quick. We, we expect the schedule to come out at the end of this week, either Thursday or Friday from the conference office. We already know our non-conference dates. They're on our website, so take a look at that. Uh, but we'll know all our conference dates by the end of next week. So let's uh, let's go ahead and get our Bulls tickets for both men's and women's basketball. It's going to be a special season with Amir Abdurrahim and obviously with uh, Jose Fernandez returning with a really, really good team. 1-800-GO-BULLS for basketball tickets coming up. Michael, this is going to be fun today. Thanks for taking a few minutes with us. Well, thank you, Jim. This is really special. I hope our fans have a great, great time. And let's cheer on those Bulls, put on a good performance, and uh, not only coming out this week, but next week with the conference opener against Rice. Let's uh, let's keep, keep the momentum going. And that'll be a 4 o'clock start next Saturday for the Bulls and the Rice Owls. Thanks to Michael Kelly, Vice President of Athletics. Stay with us. We're getting closer to kick. Bulls in Alabama. The place is filling up on the South Florida Bulls radio network. Time now for what is Sam thinking? Joey Johnston is down on the field to talk with Sam Barrington. Guys. Alright, let me tell you first what I'm thinking. This sideline is full of people more than I've ever seen before and there is buzz everywhere you look in this stadium. Sam, you've been a part of a lot of big college football games and big NFL games. What was your emotions before a big game as the clock ticks down and the people are buzzing? You know what? It's 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 kind of ironic because yeah, we're the guys that's actually in the thick of it. We're on the field. You know, we got the sideline noise. We got the noise, you know, amongst each other. But, you know, sometimes you get so zoomed in. You've worked all week. They got crowd noise playing in practice. The only thing you're focused on is executing your job. And as a matter of fact, as a player, you don't want to get wrapped up in the circus because it can distract you. So the team who 
who, who has the best game today, obviously, is going to be contingent on their ability to focus. Alabama is used to playing in these type of environments, so USF will have to make sure they can control themselves despite uh, the circus going on around them. We hear a lot about players playing with emotion. From a player standpoint, what does that mean, and how big of a factor will emotion be in a game like this? Well, I think when you talk about the actual art of playing with emotion, it's about loving the game and it's about being passionate about the game and understanding that you're not only doing this for yourself and the name on the back of your jersey, but you're doing this for your teammates, you're doing it for your university. And then beyond that, you got to have emotional intelligence. How are you when things get tough? You know, how do you react when things get tough? In football, they always say it's not about what happens to you, it's how you respond from it. USF is going to have several opportunities to show their emotional intelligence by responding when things don't necessarily go their way today on this field. You had a, several big-time opponents in your time at USF that you played against and you beat, such as Florida State and Notre Dame, and those are a very select group of, of big-time iconic programs, and Alabama is one of those programs. So for USF players, when they see Alabama and they see Nick Saban on the sideline, what's that going to mean to them as they see those things? You know what? At the end of the day, respect is one of the pillars of college football. Respect yourself, respect the sport, uh, respect your teammates, respect your opponents at all times. And no disrespect to these guys, but they need to look at Nick Saban in Alabama the same way they looked at those guys that came on the field with them last week. And listen, let me explain what I mean by that. I never stepped on the field a day in my career and not think I could beat the guy across from me. And if you have that mentality as USF today, it's going to be a special day. It doesn't matter who these guys are. They put their britches on the same way you do, and you just got to go out there and fight and put your best product on the field. Sam, explain how big this game is for USF in relation to the conference games, which start next week, and, and Rice, and obviously the team wants to win a conference title eventually. So yeah. where does this game stack up in terms of importance versus the conference games? Well, it's very important. I mean, it's a monumental game. You look at the last 10 years of college football, you talk about teams that present themselves as the standard in college football, everybody's going to have Alabama on the top of that list. So how you play against the standard and how you measure up against the standard is something that everybody across the country can look at and jot down and consider it to be the truth. You might go out and beat another team who's hot right now, but if you beat this team, if you play well against this team, everybody in the country has to respect you or they have to be ready for you to come play in their house or for them to come play in yours. And Sam, I know you've moved on from your playing career. You're a successful businessman. You're a radio guy now, but you see what's going on on this field. You see Alabama on the other sidelines. If you could put the pads on today, would you do it? Oh, yeah, i definitely do it. In fact, man, one of my best friends, HaHa ha Clinton Dix, we played, we played with each other in Green Bay. Um, we actually played the Bucks here on this field in 2014. I mean, hey, he said the same thing to me. He said, look, man, you look like you can still play. Now, I may look the part, but I guarantee you, I couldn't help these guys. These guys are ready, and they got all that it takes. They just got to go out there and put their best product. As for myself, I'll keep being a dad, running cranes, and trying to sit alongside you guys and, and do a good job. Keep up with you guys. What's the one thing, finally, the final question, what's the one thing you're going to watch in this game you think could be the big, biggest factor here? Yeah, I think it's who can control the line of scrimmage. Alabama has this big offensive line, big defensive line, but at the end of the day, it's about technique. 
a little birdie told me that this is an un, uh, 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 this Alabama team is very undisciplined. And so that's what you have to exploit if you're USF. Be the team that's the most disciplined team, and that alone will pay dividends into your uh, into your effort today. Make sure your hand placement is correct. Never stop running your feet and show those guys that you're willing to come back even if you got punched in the mouth. All right, that's what Sam's thinking, guys, and uh, gotta love it. Gotta love it. He's fired up, so am I. Back to you. All right, thank you very much, Joey. Thank you, Sam. Those two guys will have the call of the game with Jim Lauk. Once again, kickoff's now set for 341 this afternoon here at Raymond James Stadium. Really cool just a few minutes ago to see Alex Golish and Nick Saban talking at midfield. One guy's in his 28th year. One guy is in his first year. One guy has 286 wins in his college career. One guy has one win. Doesn't matter today. They're going to go mono v mono for 60 minutes. Bulls fans, there are tickets remaining for the next four conference home games. Call 1-800-GO-BULLS or visit Ticketmaster.com to secure your tickets for Rice, Florida Atlantic, Temple, and Charlotte. Not done on the pregame show. We will still hear from Alex Golish. We will get our keys to a win. But up next, we'll hear from defensive coordinator Todd Orlando. We all know who the opponent is. I talked to Joel earlier about it. Sometimes it's just focusing on yourself. Do you have to change a little bit this week, at least in your approach, considering the opponent? Um, our actual process of going through practice and doing all of the same, I just would remind the guys that, um, you know, I've been at Texas before, I've been at USC beforehand, and I think, you know, sometimes you can intimidate somebody but just by the jersey itself. But at the end of the day, it's uh, it's player versus player. It's technique versus technique, and it's execution versus execution. I got nothing but great things to say about Coach Saban and what he's done in that program for as long as I have. I had an opportunity to go uh, uh, meet with him a long time ago just to watch his daily, like, routine and daily process and just the organization that he has I mean it's outstanding I mean there's not a uh, a program in the country that doesn't have an element of what he's done in his mm -hmm. program to win so that's uh, across the country so just a credit to him obviously we're gonna get more into the matchup but a couple things from last week we'll start off with the turnovers and the secondary was a big part of it but the guys that didn't get in that part of the stat sheet like a Braxton Clark like that whole unit I thought was very impressive and Day-Day, A.B., uh, coming in on some blitzes, really ramping up the pressure. I think they all played great in every aspect. Yeah, there's some things we have to clean up. I mean, uh, like, I hope we get to the point that um, that we can execute it at, like, a super, super high level and, and start playing some, like, really, really good defense. The turnovers are great. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it came, and those guys made some critical plays. But there's still some plays that are out there that, um, you know, when you're – don't have as much success as we have not had in the past, and you look at it and say, okay, what is what does it look like? We're still striving to try to make it look like a very good defense, and um, there are some plays out there that we didn't make, but really, really proud of the fact that um, I felt like the second, third, and fourth series, that like this is what this package is. It's like being explosive, creating TFLs, getting interceptions, just flipping the field, and I thought they did a really good job of that. Last week, uh, and actually with the media, you mentioned how you would rather tell your guys to, to back off a little bit as opposed to trying to rev them up. doesn't seem like DJ Gordon is one of those guys that you have to, maybe you have to pull him back. Jim Lighthall, my partner, don't worry, Jim, I'm not going to tell him exactly what you said, but said, I would not want to mess with that guy. He's got the right mentality, I take it? Yeah, he does. Uh, he's a cool kid to be with. You know, it's um, there's a lot of teaching, a lot of stuff that goes into it. But he's, a, he, he's one of those kids that, you know, there's a certain way that 
that you coach him. There's a certain way, but he's got like unbelievable talent. He's really, really fast. He's really, really strong. He can like he can do some dynamic stuff for him. So we're trying to do some things to try to help him out and and kind of go um, with his skill set. Um, but I think he'll continue to get better as the year goes. There's um, like just the just getting him to be consistent all the time. And then when we get him right, I think we'll have something really, really good. And in addition to bringing corners from time to time, you did get some of the youngsters, especially uh, on the line with some pressure. Uh, is the depth starting to shape out a little bit it better? Is. It is. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> I think as we continue on, we're going to have to roll those guys in. It's a long haul. And as you start to get into league play, those are the things that you're going to need those guys. Like people look at it and say, like, we can't like run the wheels off of Cheney and those guys and Tremel. We just can't because we get into week nine, ten. Hopefully, you're in you're in position to try to win the league. That's where you want to be, and you want to make sure that the, you have enough people that you don't look back at and say this guy's already played 700 reps because that will that will deplete them. So we're going to roll guys in that deserve to play. You deserve to play by the way that you practice, and we go from there. Uh, another thing, as we go to today. <clears throat> As we go to today's opponent, um, you have obviously mentioned the schools you coached at and been in all this sort of environment. So this is nothing new to you. Uh, as far as the mental side of it, do you have to try and do anything with your guys to get them mentally in the right space for this? I don't think so. I, I don't. But I'm still learning these guys. Sure. Like last week, I thought we were in a good space. And then I thought we did some things that were just so out of character. Yeah. that, like, And I don't know why that is. You know, um, you know, you take a couple 15-yarders, which makes zero sense to me. Um, but if you're not you're not hyped up and ready to go for this, when you walk out and there's going to be probably 70,000 people there, and you can't get your mind right, then you then you don't need to play in this game. You got no you got no heart at all. So I don't think that's going to be a problem at all. But just making sure that guys understand, like this is it's going to be loud. <laughs> this is like you know you're at a home game and it's going to be loud. Right. Like we were outside um, in practice the other day, and all of a sudden we, we come out and it's like we're having a hard time communicating. We turn the music up and the guys are like man we'll get the music up so loud i can't we can't and you're like hey fellas like <laughs> there's gonna be seventy thousand people i actually said 63 but now we're, we're at where we're at but it's uh it's it's actually a factor which is cool i like the kids like they they've earned this right to go here playing a a, a team that's um like if you say college football the first team you're saying is alabama i don't care even the georgia guys are going to say it uh, initially but um it's um, this should be a heck of an environment. Your defense has been making a lot of noise. Let's hope it continues today. Best of luck, Coach. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's Derek Sharp with first-year defensive coordinator Todd Orlando. Boy, you don't think this is a big recruiting weekend? You look down on the field, on the Bulls sideline, the recruits go all the way from the 50-yard line all the way down to the end line and then to the goal post. They are wrapped that far around the field as the Bulls and the Crimson Tide go through their warm-ups right now. All right, Todd Orlando's got to shut down an Alabama team that's averaging nearly 400 yards of total offense per game. Joey and I will break down your keys to the game when we come back. It's USF and Alabama this afternoon from Raymond James Stadium. This is the South Florida Bulls Radio Network. Well, making victory possible, presented by USF Health, Derek ranked as the nation's fastest rising medical school for research and primary care over the past decade by U.S. News and World Report. Making victory possible. Kind of our keys to the win today as Jim Lighthall, Joey Johnson joins you back again. Uh, Joey, before we even get started, look over to the north end zone. Look at the students. They are packed. This is amazing. Yeah, it's going to be wild and crazy. 
uh, down there, especially if USF has some success, that place will be up for grabs. And Joey, by the way, is uh, monopolizing the misters down on the sideline. Joey, those are for the players. They're not for you. I know it's 90 degrees and feels like 101, but you got to let them use those. They're they're for me now. <laughs> I will I will accede to the players eventually. But right now, I'm I'm uh, cooling off, as they say. Let's talk about making victory possible. And you know, part of the crowd goes along with this first question to you. But I know it's sometimes cliche of saying a team's got to get off to a good start and you don't want to get behind. It's so important for the Bulls to do that today because you have such a big crowd. You have so much energy in the building today. Yeah, you don't want to squander that energy. You want to jump on Alabama if you possibly can early on. And the other thing is Alabama generally is, is a very difficult front runner to contend with once Alabama leans on you a little bit and scores once or twice and gets its running game going. It can be really hard to get back into the game in that scenario. So again, the ideal scenario in my mind is USF gets the ball first, scores, and Alabama makes some kind of mistake, then I think USF's can get a foothold into that situation. Yeah, it's going to be a chess game right from the opening coin toss because whether or not Alex Golish decides to take the ball or if they win the toss and defer, you certainly don't want Alabama driving the ball down and trying to suck the energy out of the stadium. Now, let's stay on this theme. The USF defense is going to have to be ready to go today because Alabama has won 51 of their last 52 games when scoring on their opening possession. If they march down and score, it might be a long day. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just from a confidence standpoint, if USF, for example, could get off the field after a three and out or even after a, a manageable drive, I think that would just do wonders for the defense's confidence to, to, to stand up to Alabama right away, just mentally. It's a long day physically. It's hot down here, but success early for the defense is big. Joey, so far this season, USF's offensive line is giving up five and a half sacks a game. The Bulls had four sacks against Florida A&M. Alabama gave up five sacks against Texas. They did not have a sack against Texas. Which team gets to the quarterback today? You know, I, I, I think uh, I think Alabama has a better chance of getting to the quarterback than, than USF does. USF's going to have its hands full with that massive Alabama offensive line. Uh, I think uh, it's it's on Byron Brown to, to release the ball as quickly as possible and to, and to use his feet. He'll, he'll need to do both of those things. But I, I, on paper, I think Alabama has a better shot. I think USF has its work cut out. And Joey, the Bulls have had some success defensively bringing extra bodies, whether we're talking about linebackers, guys off the edge, safeties. If you can overwhelm their size with numbers, that can work too. Yeah, and that speaks to another uh, theme I think that's big in this game, and that's you can't play scared. In fact, you've got to play fearlessly, and I think Alex Golish has shown us signs that he is a fearless coach. By that, I mean bringing guys uh, on blitzes, uh, going for on fourth down in some situations where you might not ordinarily do that. You've got to do those kind of things in a game like this so you can't be meek. you got to be fearless. Same thing goes on the offensive side as well. Texas hit some big plays against Bama last week. The Bulls are a what they're a five touchdown underdog today. You don't got anything to lose on offense either. No, you don't. Yeah, this is the time for the, the play you've been saving all year, uh, a chance to do things a little differently. And I'm sure both coaches are going to want to do things a little differently than they've shown on film in the past two games. So, yeah, it's always a chess match with Nick Saban and Alex Golish is a guy who likes to scheme it up. So we could see some really interesting wrinkles here as both teams feel it out. Joey, thank you. Going to be a hot one down there. Stay cool. Joey with our 
Making Victory Possible segment. Quick look at injuries. Offensive lineman Zane Herring is out today. Right tackle R.J. Perry will move to guard. Derek Bowman starts at right tackle. Also wide receiver Yusuf Terry is out today. Jaquan Smith not likely to play. Bernard Gooden, the defensive tackle, also not likely to play. Oh, it's getting loud in here. Alex Golish, the head coach, will join Jim Lauk next as the pregame show continues for South Florida and Alabama. Welcome back to Raymond James Stadium. This is going to be fun this afternoon. It's the Bulls and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Head coach Alex Golish joins us. And coach, I know you've been in a lot of environment over the years with full stadiums and loud crowds. And certainly South Florida has had their share of crowds like this as well. But this is still kind of special today. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think in a lot of ways it'll be exactly what college football should be, a packed house uh, here to see an incredible football game and really cool student section and, and a bunch of alums and, and all sorts of really cool people that just want to watch college football. But this is what college football should be. This is what it's about, and it'll be an awesome environment for our kids. You're coming off a win. Did that carry over into practice this week? Yeah, I think I think it's always easier to coach after a win. Um, I think guys are more receptive after a win. I think the biggest thing for us that we had to go point out was what what it was going to take to go take the next step. You know, I, I I probably was harder on them after the win than I than I certainly was after the loss because there was a lot of stuff in that game a week ago that isn't who we are or what we're going to be about. Now, on the flip of that. There's a lot of stuff on that film that is what we're going to be about, the turnovers and how fast we're playing and how hard we're playing. So it's certainly a lot easier uh, to, to go in after a win, and I think you got the guy's attention. Now we got to go turn it into two wins. In looking at this Alabama team, the, the thing that really jumps out at you right off the bat is the sheer size of them, especially on the offensive and defensive lines. How do you combat that? Yeah, I think what we do on both sides of the ball is really built to to give us an advantage. And, and I mean that in terms of what we do offensively, the, the tempo which we go. Um, you try to neutralize some of the disadvantages you may have in terms of size. Defensively, what we do in terms of being aggressive and moving the front a bunch and and being really heavy pressure um, should neutralize the size in that regard. So. I think what we do complements the fact that they probably are, uh, you know, man for man, uh, size-wise, they probably have an advantage. I think what we do schematically gives us an advantage. Word came down on Friday that uh, Alabama was making a change at quarterback, going with Buckner instead of Milrow. Does that change things dramatically, or do they still do what they do? Yeah, I think, I think for for them. The system is the system. Uh, it's been the same system for quite a while now. Um, you know, obviously they feel like like he gives them a better chance to go win, and it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. But but obviously for that young man, it'll be his first time in the system, so it'll be it'll be a fun battle. You've seen this Alabama team up close as a coordinator. You've had some success against them. What did you find that, that worked against them and, uh, in that game in particular where you left with a win? Yeah, I think more than anything, um, if a year ago, I think our team was ready for, for that moment. Um, you know, I think for us here, we're, 
we're growing into being ready for that moment. And by, by being ready for the moment, I mean the expectation to go win the game. I think schematically we're, we're set up to be able to go have success. I think it all comes down to the belief that, that you're ready to go take it. And that came down to what preparation looked like all week and, and how we approach from opening kickoff to the, till the end of the game. We talked last week about having an FCS opponent and being really tuned into the process, the preparation, doing it the same way every week. And now here it is the other end of the scale. The top 10 team is coming in, one that has won national championships. What has the focus been like for the guys this week? To be honest with you, same as it was a week ago, uh, us and what, what we got to continue to grow at, which is us and our process, and continue to perfect that. Our preparation is, is what's going to give us a chance to go win every game. And so the focus, again, was us. Um, and, and I'm not blind to the fact that the guys know that we're playing Alabama, that we're playing them at home in a, in a really cool environment. But at the end of the day, we control all of everything that happens on a Saturday. And we control that by what we prepared like all week. And that's the term process. So that's why I say win, win or lose, our process has to continue to get right. Our process has to continue to, to give us confidence to be able to go win games. We've talked a little bit about Sean Atkins. I think his story is so impressive from walk-on to a real leader. He's got the most receptions on the team. He's given you a sure-handed guy returning punts. This week he's a team captain. Can you tell us a little bit about his impact on the team? Yeah, Sean's, Sean's got a fascinating story. Sean, Sean has worked extremely hard for, for this opportunity. And, you know, he got hurt in the spring and had, had surgery the minute he could and came back ready for fall camp. And Sean doesn't say a whole lot, but, but man, his actions sure do speak loudly. He grinds, works extremely hard, um, you know, and, and he's fought through a lot. From a physical standpoint, he's fought through a lot. I mean, when I got here, he was he was working as a dishwasher over at the meat market. So um, he he's a really inspirational to certainly to myself, but to to that receiver room and to our offense because he's a guy that when you need a play, he's always made one since we've been here, and that goes back to practice and and. The quarterbacks believe in him. The receivers believe in him. I think we all believe in him as a program. So therefore, that's what a captain is. Two types of leader, guys that will talk and talk and talk and guys that will just come out and quietly do things. Do you have a preference? You know what? I think you probably need, you need a little bit of both. But, um, but I'll take either one. And, and Sean's certainly one that will just do things. Coach, it's a great atmosphere. It's a great opportunity. Have fun today. Good luck against Alabama. Appreciate it. Go Bulls. Head coach Alex Golish. It's the Bulls and the Alabama Crimson Tide. We're just a couple of minutes away from kickoff on the South Florida Bulls radio network.